Okay, uh, yeah, welcome to the next in our series, Standing in the Rubble, and we're looking at spiritual disciplines and how do we form our spiritual character um, in this new landscape. And today, um, I am joined by Carla Harding, who is National Director of 24-7 Prayer, um, a friend that we've got to know each other through wildfires, um, and um, based down in Chichester um, as well. So welcome, Carla. Um, great to have you with us. Good to be with you, Adam. Good to chat to you in your garden. Yes, lovely. Well, the sun's back, so uh, yeah, it's make, make the most of it while we can. So um, yeah, thanks. Obviously, we're looking at um, spiritual formation and spiritual disciplines and um, specifically asked, um, it won't be any surprise, to talk about prayer. Um, prayer and journaling, um, because helping people pray is what you do. Um, so I just wonder, um, you know, it might seem like a really obvious question, but can you just talk about, like, why do we pray? What is prayer, journaling? Why do we do this? Um, yeah. Why is it important? Well, I think when you say prayer to somebody, it's really important to say that a lot of people think a lot of different things. Sometimes they think about how you can pray. And we're going to chat about journaling today, which is one way you can pray. Sometimes you think about what you pray about and they think about, oh, it's about resting in God's presence or asking for the things I need in my family, or it's about praying for the world. There's a lot of different things, but at the very heart of prayer is one very simple but important thing. And that's relationship. Prayer is always rooted in relationship. I am um, I love Jesus teaching on prayer and in Matthew 6 and in Luke 11 he teaches us about the Lord's prayer and he starts it in a really important way everyone knows it we all know this prayer starts with our father and I think it's really interesting he chose that deliberately he didn't choose to start almighty God which God is he didn't choose to start creator he didn't choose to start judge he chose to start father because Jesus was making a statement about what it is we're doing in prayer. He was making a statement that we are not coming to a judge to convince him of something. We're not, we're not coming just to the almighty, though he is in fear and trembling. We are, as John Dawson puts it, climbing into the lap of our father in heaven to have a conversation. And for me, the most important thing I've had to learn in prayer is to remember that whenever I'm praying whenever i'm thinking about prayer when i'm approaching god i'm approaching someone who wants to speak to me just like i want to talk with my kids just like i want to hear from them so yeah i think for me the foundation of all prayer whether you're journaling or however you're doing it is going to be remembering who it is we're talking to yeah amazing amazing thank you and i think that relationship is so um important. i think it's that's a really good reminder that relationships right at the center of what this is mm. about this is how we connect with our creator and our father and the almighty the um the god whose image we bear um yeah. so um but interestingly i think you know for a lot of people um maybe we even find prayer quite rewarding we find it quite enjoyable but actually the discipline of prayer um can be something we quite struggle with um Absolutely. just finding that rhythm or finding that or, or f forging out the time so um why do you think we find that so difficult and um if it's something that's so rewarding and um and how do we um forge that rhythm well 
I think it's really important to share that um, I speak as someone who has not, not always been good at prayer or found prayer very easy. The reason I'm part of the 24-7 prayer movement isn't because I came out of my mother's womb and started interceding for the nations, but uh, because I spent a good chunk of my life finding prayer really, really hard and building a discipline and a, a daily personal connection in prayer with God, that conversation, I found that very difficult for a number of reasons. And so I've been really, really grateful for the Holy Spirit and the 24 some prayer movement and the people I've learned from so that I have learned to pray. I've learned my conversation with God over the years. And I think it's really normal that a lot of us find prayer and the daily discipline of prayer really hard. And I think it can be for a number of reasons. The first is it's easy to approach prayer like a duty. We're Christians, we're taught to pray. The Bible has full of prayers and teaching on prayer. Jesus prayed often. So we think, well, this is what we do to be a good Christian. We pray, but if we drive our prayer life out of duty, it's like trying to push a boulder uphill. I think as well as remembering we're in relationship, prayer needs to be driven by desire. If you, uh, if you look at uh, Jesus' conversation with a man called Bartimaeus in Mark 10, I think it's got something really beautiful to teach us about prayer. Bartimaeus was a, a man who had no sight. He was blind. He was sitting on the side of a road. And as Jesus left the city, he heard Jesus was present and he started yelling for Jesus' attention. Like he made a fool of himself trying to shout over crowds to get Jesus' attention. Jesus stops turns to him and asks him a very strange question. He says, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do for you? And you'd think it's kind of like an obvious answer. Like the man is at the side of the road. He doesn't have his sight. That has inhibited him. That has had big repercussions in his life. But Jesus does not the dignity of asking one question. And Bartimaeus says, I want to see. And he has this moment of experiencing healing. Jesus says, your faith has healed you. And I, I love that question. I love the dignity Jesus does in asking us, because what he's saying is, tell me what you want me. What do you want from me? What do you want me to do? Why are you here? And I think that for me is such a key to prayer, because if we drive our prayer life around duty, then we're just going to do a checklist of I should do this. I should listen. I should pray. I should ask. Yeah. But actually, if we sit down and go, why do I want to spend time with God? What is it I really want from him? If I am Bartimaeus and I am at the side of the road and I'm yelling for his attention and he has turned around and I imagine Jesus looking me in the eye and saying, what do you want me to do for you? What is my honest answer? Because we know that Jesus isn't into the nice answers or the performing answers or the, the correct answers. Like a lot of his teaching in Matthew 6 before the Lord's Prayer is around, you don't need to perform. You don't need to have long speeches or right words. You need to be simple and sincere and trust the Father hears. So he encourages honesty and sincerity. So I think we find prayer sometimes hard because we think prayer is something we have to do or perform or tick off. When Jesus is saying, come to me with your honest desires. What is it you want? Let's meet and let's talk, build it around that. And I think the other reason we find prayer quite difficult to bed in our rhythms is because many of us have been taught a way to pray we find quite difficult. I, I grew up, this won't shock you Adam, I'm a big extrovert. I, I like people, I like processing, I like action and activity. Um, 
But when I was taught to pray as a teenager, I was taught a great way to pray. It was to sit silently alone in my room and think my prayers to God. Now that is a beautiful way to pray. But for me, silence, solitude and thinking felt like punishment as a teenager. And for me, prayer and building in a daily rhythm has got to embrace experimentation and trying new things. Maybe if you find prayer hard, the reason you find it hard isn't because you're bad at it, but maybe it's because you haven't found your way to pray. And I think if you're going to build a discipline of prayer into your life, then experiment. Mm. Paul wrote to the church in Ephesians, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And he's basically saying the spirit's the constant. Mm. Invite the Holy Spirit to teach you teach me how to pray but how you pray when you pray what you pray about hey that's open to experimentation try lots of things and for me the first 24 7 prayer room i walked into was like my classroom i found that style of prayer i had been taught previously quite hard but i suddenly walked into a space where i could try writing to god i could try singing to god i could try meditating or turning biblical prayers into mine i could do actions and creative activities and it became this classroom where my prayer life came to life and i loved it so yeah i think you've got to remember these things when you're but if you just approach it from i should be a good christian and i should pray every single day then you're going to create a hard thing for yourself but if you're like i want to spend time with my father i want to be honest about what i really want and i'm open to learning and experimenting how that might fit the way you've made me then you might find a bit more life in your daily disciplines i think that's really um really helpful advice i love that um, idea like you've not just maybe you've just not found the right way or your way yeah. of praying yeah, your way of praying because you know i think sometimes people fall it can be easy to kind of think oh praying well that that's what the really holy people do or that's what the church leaders do or that's what the um you know the professionals do or whatever or god's going to mm -hmm. listen to them more than he's going to listen to me but actually the evidence in scripture is that um god's going to listen to the the person who considers themselves to be the nobody um, yeah, before he's going to listen to the person who's got the right position in society or the right job title or the right clothes or the right whatever um, and and so actually you know there's this great theme isn't there of revival as well it's all, just, all revival seems to include dispersal of some way um, and Pentecost is this great dispersal of now here's a spirit for the everybody and anybody not just a religious few in the temple but the the everybody and anybody in the street and on the and in the markets and, and prayer is part of that jesus says whatever you ask for my name i'll give you but he says that in a culture where actually up until that point whatever you ask the priest to pray for for you will be given you if you pay enough money that was the old that was the system he was dismantling and then going whatever you ask for in my name will be given to you so there is this the prayer is supposed to be what jesus brought about in prayer is this incredibly accessible way of engaging with god um Absolutely. but that i i think maybe maybe what people haven't heard before is that well there's this myriad of ways of praying and if you find prayer difficult then maybe actually you just haven't found the way that suits you best um let's talk about that a little bit because um obviously the title of this is prayer and journaling so we can talk about one specific way which is i know a, a way that you're um familiar with and 
in, enjoy. Um, so why don't we start talking about journaling, but then maybe um, explore a little bit of some of the other ways that people can pray that maybe they've not thought of before. Definitely. I, I actually, I think you're 100% right, Adam. I actually had this terrific friend of mine called Linda Bywater. She once gave me an analogy when she was teaching on prayer that has always stuck with me. She talked about eagles. Like eagles are a massive metaphor in the Bible. They're used for lots of things. But she talked about certain eagles that have to do, have to fly over huge distances. They have to conserve their energy. And what they do is they spread their wings and they look for hot air thermals that circle up from the ground where the sun has been beating on the ground and heats the air. And these eagles are brilliant at this. They spread their wings, they find a thermal and they zoom up into really high altitudes and it takes them over great distances and they can use their wings, flap their muscles, do some work, get to the next thermal, zoom the next one. And I think about prayer a lot like that. When I approach, how am I going to pray? I think, what is my hot air thermal? What is my connection? What is the thing that brings me quickly into a place of the awareness of God? And that can be really different things sometimes. Now, we don't just want to stay in the things that are nice and easy and connecting. You want to then build discipline and find the depth and the gold in other ways of praying. But that would be the thing I'd love everybody to be thinking about. What's the thing? What is it that I do that when I do it, I just feel so connected to God, aware of his presence, easy to spend time with him and kind of build my prayer life around it. So for me, this is my journal. This is one of the things that really, really helps me. I've been prayer journaling gosh, I think since my early 20s. So I won't do the maths and tell you how many years that's been. And I've, I've done it in... <laughs> I've been doing it for a long, long, old time. And I think it really helps me with probably three things specifically. Um, I, the way I journal, there's lots of different ways to do it. But um, I use my journal both as a place to kind of note things in a jumping off point in prayer. So I don't necessarily write all my prayers out. I might write... So this morning I wrote COVID-19 and then paused and took some time to pray into it. I didn't write my prayer out. But then there were other times, particularly for me, first thing in the morning when I'm very tired and my brain hasn't woken up yet, where I do write like I'm having a conversation with God. I write things I'm praying about. For me, using my journal does three things. Uh, first, it helps me focus. I am an extrovert. I think journaling helps all kinds of people. But as an extrovert, I'm easily distracted. If I'm sitting and writing to God, it just helps me zone in on what I'm discussing with him, what I'm, what I'm bringing to him. So it helps me focus. Journaling for me helps me to reflect. I, uh, when I finish a journal, I try to go back and read through the whole thing. What have I been praying for? What, what's changed since I prayed that prayer? Uh, what has God said? When have I heard him? When did, a, when did a piece of the Bible just leap out at me and I, I wrote about that and I prayed about that? Or when did somebody give me a word they felt was from God and I wrote it down and felt I agreed? Or when was I praying and a thought came into my head and I thought, or a picture and I, I captured it? What has God said? How do I not just forget that and move on, but how do I remember and is it relevant and do I need to respond? It helps me focus, it helps me reflect and it helps me celebrate. I don't know about you, Adam, but if you were to ask me what my prayer needs are right now, I could give you an answer very fast. If you were to ask me what the last three things God answered in prayer were, I would take a moment to think about it. Right. And I think it's part of human nature. 
I, th I think we, I read something recently that said negative things or things that are challenging take more thought processing power in the brain so we remember them quicker. Whereas positive things take less, so it takes us a while. And that one of the great things about the practice of gratitude, which is something I do in my journal, in fact, I started my morning today with it, I sat and just wrote things I was grateful for this morning. But one of the great thing about the practice of gratitude is it helps us remember the good and that affects so much about our mental health, our spiritual health, our faith in God, our faith in prayer. So one of the most important things for me about journaling is capturing when God has responded or when God has just been good. I haven't even asked for it and he has been good or capturing when he's spoken and those words have been comfort or direction. So yeah, for me, journaling, I love it. Helps me focus, helps me reflect, helps me celebrate. And those things build my faith and help me grow and help me learn because I'm still very much a learner in prayer and hope to remain so my entire life. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm Rachel, my wife, she, um, she journals as well. And, she, and there are times, just all the same things you just talked about, there's times when she, she will write, but she actually writes a dialogue. She writes what she's saying and then she writes what God's saying back and then what wow, she's saying and what God's saying back. And then, so she dialogues this conversation between her and God. Um, and again, like you say, really helpful to go back and look on. Go, mm. like, it's not just, oh, I remember God said this at some point, but to go back and read through the conversation that they've had together is um, really valuable at times. So, yeah, I think there's a lot in that. But what other ways have you seen people, um, you know, there's people out there going, oh, well, yeah, no, I, I really, I'm, int I'm intrigued by this idea that maybe I've not found my best way of praying, but I yeah. don't think journaling's it. What other, um, what other yeah and um, the thing i like to think about is we we're quite comfortable in this day and age of thinking about things like people have different learning styles so if you if you work in education uh if you're even a student in school you'll be familiar with the concept that teachers approach a subject in different ways in order to help different kinds of personalities and people learn some people learn by thinking some people learn by doing some people learn in a relational way or in a dialogue way and we're used to that concept and i would say that 100 percent applies to prayer too yeah. some people uh, we we prefer to process things in our minds my husband's one of these he, he loves to go off into his mind and imagination and and thinking through a problem and theory is really important and a strength of his so if that's you how can you bring your mind to prayer could it be that actually before you dive into prayer in the morning reading something that really connects with you maybe by a terrific christian author or a poetry or something like that 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 engages your mind could be a jumping off point for prayer maybe bible study first uh, might be a brilliant jumping off point for prayer or conversation with people who connect with you on that intellectual level and bring your mind alive and then bringing that thought that 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 space to god inviting him into it could be one way i uh, i am a kind of a kinesthetic learner i reckon i'm a doing learner so for me i find action and interaction and doing a helpful way to pray so i will often i'm a terrible drawer adam but awful i'll never show the drawings in my journal but sometimes i'll draw something i'm trying to pray about maybe a person or something i'd like to see so i i try to bring doing into what i'm doing i might build i might create i love prayer rooms for this when i get given like you've got sand to play with and play-doh to play with why don't we take those out of the prayer room and into our home why don't we bring doing into our prayer life and use creativity to do that i'm a very 
you can tell by the way I'm waving my hands around on this call. I'm a very physical person. So I bring physicality into my prayer time. I have friends who their best prayer times are outdoors. And when we think about the typical quiet time, we don't normally think about that. You might have a special time you go for a walk with God, but most people think about it's a time in the morning in my house in a chair, something like that. Actually, what if it wasn't? What if you had rhythms of leaving the house, of, of going to your, uh, wherever you guys are, like up in near us, we've got the stunning beach near us, we've got the downs near us, we've just got lovely parks. What if you just got outdoors to spend time with God? And, and how would that change the conversation? How would that change what you spoke to God about? How would that change how you felt in the moment? So there's people that access God through their minds, people who access God through their bodies, people who access God by the environment they're in uh, and how they do together. But yeah, there, there are a ton of different ways. Also, I'd highly recommend ask people around you how they pray. You might be surprised by the diversity. If you spot somebody and you're like, I, I, think, you, I think I see something in your prayer life and I love it, sit them down and, and grill them how do you pray and then try it might not be exactly right for you but there might be a kernel in it that you're like that part yeah. that i love that really connects with me so grill people find out how they pray and then i'd also say look at other streams of the church we uh we see um just such beautiful diversity in the 24 7 movement with different different christians who love jesus and love prayer but their church expression would be different how they pray can be so enriching to us so learning from other streams of the church and how they talk to jesus how they worship god can be super super helpful and then obviously there's tons of resources online and around 24 7 and many other brilliant movements and organizations just designed to help you pray and try different things but experiment don't don't stop keep trying so and you've just mentioned 24 7 pro website but again there is there are all sorts of resources on there aren't there that people can Loads. tons there's a whole section called help me pray with a whole bunch of ideas of things you could right. try and then is it worth mentioning um lectio 365 or just to help with rhythm <laughs> and um prayer what why don't you talk about that Hmm. So Lecture 365 is, is a resource we write, a daily devotional one, and um, part of the team that does it. I love it. It's such a joy. Um, and it's, it's a very simple idea. It's about 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes to sit down, to meditate on a short passage of the Bible and to let it ask us questions about our lives and about our faith and to let it provoke prayer. Mm -hmm. So they have thoughts, it has passages of the Bible, it has questions and it has pointers for prayer. And mm -hmm. you can either read it or you can listen to it every day and be guided in about 10 minutes of prayer. Yeah. The reason we made it and love it is because I think a lot of people find prayer difficult, but 10 minutes is manageable. Everyone can find 10 minutes. And what it does is it really just opens up space. Whether you end up praying about what we suggest or not, the 10 minutes just becomes a time between you and God and with the word, which yeah. is brilliant. So we hope it helps you guys. If you haven't tried it, download yeah. it, give it a go. Really good. Although um, quite a lot of effort going into producing a 10 minute thing every day, right? <laughs> when you started it, did you like, oh, this is going to be easy. And then suddenly you're like, oh my uh, God. I don't know if we ever thought it was going to be easy. We knew what we were taking on to a degree, but it, it's a joy. A lot of work goes into it. A lot of prayer goes into it, but yeah, we've, we've been blown away, particularly in the pandemic. I think a lot of us realised we're at home and for many of us, we weren't able to practically leave our homes yeah. to do anything, but we could all pray. And we've just seen the most incredible surge of people wanting yeah. to pray and praying. And Lectio has been one of those tools that's thankfully, thank you God, helped. Yeah. We're really grateful to be and able people, to do it. Like you say, people have turned to prayer. 
and I just mm. wonder, like, do you have a sense of um, of of what's changing, of what what maybe God's up to? Do you have a sense of um, what God's saying to us at this point um, as a church? Um, do you have a how we respond in prayer at this point? What's what's specifically for now? I have so when I was having praying for the nation over lockdown one of the ways I often pray I find things like that a little intimidating in prayer so I often ask God can you give me something to pray for like give me the way to pray and sometimes what he'll do is he'll give me a bible passage sometimes it's a picture and then that guides my prayers so when I was in lockdown and I asked God okay how do I pray for our nation at this time I had an image in my mind of soil and seed and it connected for me directly to, I think it's Mark chapter four, where Jesus tells the parable of the sower. And the thing that came to mind when I was praying about this soil was that previously this soil had been hard packed. It had been full of weeds and stone. And if it would probably be the soil in that parable that if you scatter seed on it, the seed can't go anywhere. It'll just get choked. It's got nowhere to go down. And I was thinking, okay, God, well, that's interesting. But the soil now looks entirely different. Um, I do not think God caused this pandemic, but I think throughout things that have been happening, there's been a softening in our nation. That there has been people have had time to stop, some people, and to think. Some people have asked bigger questions. Some people are experiencing loss or grief or challenge. Um, and some people have been ill. And I think through that process, there's something that has shifted in our nation. And I think as a church we have an opportunity to serve we have an opportunity to sow seed we have an opportunity to respond and many of us have and continue to and will do but one of the things i've been praying into with that in mind is okay god how do we do that how do we scatter seed how does your church respond in this moment and as a team as we were praying the other story that came to us was from jesus in matthew 10 i think it's 10 or 9 forgive me someone will look it up and go it's nine Carla. <laughs> at the end where he's sitting and he's looking over jerusalem with his disciples mm -hmm. and he looks at them and he sees that the crowds look harassed they 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 look like they're struggling and he's moved by compassion and i feel like actually this last season there's so many people in so many sectors of society and so many households this is not been easy this has been really hard this is a difficult time and i think this is a time where god is moved by compassion and we are moved by compassion for one another and jesus says to his disciples pray that god sends workers into the harvest pray that god sends someone to them so i think that's part of our role as the church is to pray to pray into the households we see around us to pray for god to come and meet with them with compassion but the really key thing to notice is at the beginning of Matthew 10, Jesus then sends out the disciples he told to pray for workers into the harvest. And I think that's always the beautiful dance in prayer and mission that God invites us into. That as we pray for our neighbours, for God to meet them, for God to provide for their needs, for God to comfort them, to bring them peace in this season. And as the soil of their lives look different, because many of us have been through many different things, beware he might send you as the seed scatterer as the carer as the comforter and accept that invitation be ready to go sometimes praying for god to work in our nation or in our friend's life or in our family or whatever it is can be the most dangerous thing you can pray because god will often come and recruit you <laughs> not necessarily every time but right. often and you're sending us can be exactly like you say in those immediate situations in lockdown it might be difficult for god to send us anywhere else geographically but actually 
our neighbors, our family. Uh, yeah. And spending could look different. It could be friends. kindness, it could be service, it could be friendship, it could be listening. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, it's in, when you were talking about how um, it shifted, a, a rather flippant um, Bible reference came to my head where it said, um, I can't remember where it is now, but it says, um, not all will sleep, but all will be changed. Um, and you were talking about how some people um, have had more time on their hands and other people haven't. And, um, but actually, regardless of that, I think for, for those who've, um, maybe this has meant a slow pace of life, I think mm. we've been changed by that. But also for those of us who this has been busier, this has been more stressful. Yeah. We've, we've been called into extraordinary circumstances. Again, we've all been changed. I don't think, I don't think any of us are the same as we come through this pandemic and so it's it's about understanding them so then if i'm changed then who is god calling me to be and how is god calling me to do things differently but also maybe god can inspire us to see the change in others maybe people mm. we've um yeah. we've um viewed a particular way before are we going to give them opportunity? Are we going to give our God opportunities to show us those people and how they've changed and learn to love them in a different way, learn to love to see them in a different way, learn to respond to them in a different way and um, understanding, having that compassion for our neighbor and our family member and our work colleague and our, our friends, um, having that compassion, learning kindness, learning generosity, learning um, acts of service and learning to pray for people, learning to prioritize people in prayer, I think is really important um in in this in this time mm, definitely definitely uh, thank you so much for that um it's my pleasure, Adam. as ever profound um filled with wisdom um really value that and um yeah and we'd love to hear more from you so maybe when all this is over and we can travel a bit more and whatever then we can get you um over to Yeovil sometime and that would be brilliant i'd absolutely love to would you mind adam if i prayed for you guys as a community please would okay? i would i would love that father i want to thank you so much for the beauty of this church i thank you so much for this community i thank you for the ways that they have loved and served for the way they have cared for their own families or households or even their community in a lot of times through lockdown lord i want to pray that as they enter august and this season of easing i want to pray for refreshment and rest over the whole community and god as they explore spiritual rhythms in this new normal lord would you draw them close to you as they draw near to you, would you draw near to them? Would you speak? Would you show them your love? Would they experience your presence in a new way? And Lord, would you teach them to pray? Amen. 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 Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks for everything. We'll see you again soon. Thank you soon.